Welcome back to 20s and where to find them. I'm G. And I'm Lena. And this is a podcast about navigating the best and the worst period of your life. Your 20s. Join us as we discuss personal stories, lived experiences, and chat to you and others about this wild part of life. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) Hello team and welcome back to 20s and where to find them. How are we? Good. You sound like a teacher. Welcome back team. (laughs) Kids, how are you going? <laughs> well, I did just complete my second week back, so <laughs> Yeah. This week is um particularly exciting. Do you wanna explain why, Lena? So today we have our first guest. Uh my friend Tom is here with us. Tom, do you wanna say hi? Hi there, how you doing? <laughs> And Tom is with us today because we're going to be talking about ethically non-monogamous relationships or open relationships. Yeah. yeah. Tom's going to be helping us answer some questions and um, discuss some things that are truths or myths about um, relationships from his own personal experience. But first, because we want to get to know him a little bit more, mm-hmm. Tom, do you want to start us off with a highlight, low light of your week? Okay. So I think the highlight for my week would have been some bachata dancing. So I'm doing um, some free dancing with the Salsa Foundation at Stella Maris, which is near Spencer Street. Sorry, uh, Southern Cross Station (laughs) uh, for those who want to be... You know, correct. Uh, and they, they host that. It's always free. And um, it's it's one of those things that, like, if you start in January, everyone's going to be there. Mm. But then it sort of tapers off when people have stopped their New Year's resolutions. Uh, <laughs> and I've kept up with it. So it's been actually brilliant. That's yeah, awesome. So. Yeah. It's been on my, like, list for a while. I didn't even know there was, like, free options out there. Though. That's a really good yeah, hack. Really good hack. Trust Tom to find the free option. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's true. It's great. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Do we want to go around in circle with our highlights? Sure. All right, G. <laughs> <laughs> My highlight is I started a new job this week, um, which wow. is great. And the highlight's honestly been the team is really young and vibrant. Everyone was, like, really inclusive. Got to do, like, a social drinks and dinner in my first week. So um, that's been, like... Exhausting and also very invigorating at the same time. Mm, so, yeah. That's lovely. I'm so glad you're enjoying it. Yeah, one week down, but... <laughs> 500 more to go. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> My highlight happened today, and I've gotten a PB in Park Run. Those of you who don't know what Park Run is, it's just five kilometres around your local park, and I got 28 minutes and 40 seconds. That's awesome. Um, so I scratched off three minutes from last week, which is really... That's bad. amazing. That's really good. <laughs> <laughs> that is a huge pb yeah so i'm really happy i think that's the fastest 5k i've ever run actually in my entire life that's great yeah so go me Woo-hoo. yeah also a free activity as well you also guys a are free activity. really <laughs> i think it's always free <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really bring it in with the free free activity <laughs> little cheap skates <laughs> So we do an icebreaker question Mm. as well. And as you are our first guest, we'd love you to pick one of these out of the jar and then hand it over to Lena and she will ask you the question. Why am I nervous? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is a really good one. What part of your life is still a work in progress? That's a tricky one because I feel like my entire life is, is, you know, (laughs) a work in progress like a lot of people. I think this year more than anything, it's just been like stop from having such a career-centric view of my life and that 
that being the yardstick for success and really looking at other metrics for myself for what a success what what makes success for me Mm -hmm. um so uh, i'll talk a little bit more about that later um but yeah that's that's pretty much it looking at other other things that's that's really good i really like that yeah that's kind of a theme when we talked about goals earlier this year too i i feel i'm in a similar boat i think looking to find things that like yeah fulfill and use that as a success rather than rather than your career yeah being the center of your life Mm. yeah Yeah, it's good so good Should we jump right into the, the the meat of the episode? The I think we should. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like the word meat. <laughs> no. no. As a vegetarian no. as well. Vegetarian <laughs> as well for mm. me too. <laughs> All right. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I like meat, just not in this context. <laughs> Great. Okay. Well, I think we'll just start off with like a basic definition of an open relationship. Mm. Yeah. So what does the term open relationship or ethically non-monogamous mm-hmm. mean to you? Yeah, absolutely. And I'll throw in another term that may have been thrown around, heard, um, but not really defined Mm -hmm. because when I talk to a lot of people, um, there's also polyamorous. um, So many loves, amorous being loves and poly being many. And so it sort of all sits underneath the non-monogamous umbrella and, you know, polyamory sits under there as well as ethical non-monogamy and open relationships. So for me, the goal is to be ethically non-monogamous and we can talk about non-ethical non-monogamy as well Mm. which is sort of where people get a sort of a bad taste in their mouth from like different um you know scenarios where that that has happened for me an open relationship is if you have multiple partners or or one partner who has partners or or anything like that it's like communication on steroids because you've got and i don't want to jump in too much but like it doesn't mean that you don't get jealous it doesn't mean that you don't feel insecure it just means that you work through those things and you work out what the root cause of like why you're worried Mm. uh, and those sorts of things and for me yeah that's what it is it's ethical and so there's high communication about who you're seeing what you're doing what your intentions are those sorts of things so that's the ethical aspect and non-monogamy is that you don't subscribe to you and I have chosen to be in a relationship or a connection or whatever that is and we only see each other for all of our needs for romance for sex for if you're into kink if you are into all of these different things you sort of expect you know in a monogamous relationship it typically happens is that you expect everything from that one person Mm. Um, and so non-monogamy can be non-monogamous in terms of romance non-monogamous mm. in terms of all of these other things but most people just think that you are romantically connected with one person and then you are sexually because that's a typical dynamic that yeah. happens you open up because you want to explore sexually mm. you might be bisexual all of these different things could be reasons for why people are opening a relationship uh and so that's sort of yeah I've sort of gone around a little bit too much. No, I, I love it. That's a great yeah. answer. And it put another question into my head mm-hmm. that's um, that I hadn't had written down, oh. which I love. I love how you were talking about um, like the different elements of relationships mm. and that you might actually get those from um, different people. Mm. And 
the communication element as well. In your experience, is like part of the communication deciding what you're getting from one particular person and then what you're maybe like going to look for mm. in a in a different prospective yeah. partner? It's a really good question because that is completely up to you and your partners. Myself and my partner or partners, we have boundaries mm. and agreements. Yeah. There's this view that, you know, if you're polyamorous or you're in an open relationship or whatever, there's no, you know, concept of mm. cheating because typically what cheating is in a monogamous relationship or a, or a um, or a typical relationship as we sort of know it is a sexual thing yeah. and that's that's the cheating boundary mm. and that you know only when it becomes, crosses the physical um, threshold does it become cheating and that might be what you have agreed with your monogamous partner to be cheating and that's you know what you do in relationships is you work out those boundaries for yourself so you sort of work them out in more of an implicit way yeah. I don't know about you and your relationships but it tends to be in an implicit way through conversation over time mm. that you sort of work out what's cheating what's not cheating those sorts of yeah. things so when you growing a relationship yes. with someone yeah. do you explicitly communicate I see myself yeah. getting my like emotional needs mm. from you but I would like to go and get my sexual needs from you mm. And someone else or I have this particular thing that you don't feel like maybe one person's giving mm. you so that's what you're going to go and look for yeah. for another from another person. I'm sort of flagging it now but there's this thing called relationship anarchy. Mm. Um, there's this really great diagram that I could probably give um, you to put to give out to the to the listeners to the um, and, <laughs> and it was and it was created by you know the, uh, I think they're Danish or, or Scandinavian mm. um, hopefully that's not a derogatory <laughs> no, term no. it's just a fun <laughs> it's a fun term for you know Scandinavia and, and Norway um, and, but basically <laughs> um, basically they create they've created this smorgasbord of different dynamics that you can sort of expect in relationships yeah. um, and then you and your partner can really work through what they are about what you're on board in a relationship, mm. what you're sort of expecting or wanting out of those relationships and you find the lowest common denominator between both of you and go these are the things that I'm looking for in a connection. Are we on the same page about what our expectations are? Yeah. Because like I've mentioned before typically in like a, a monogamous relationship or a closed relationship you've got this expectation that everything on the smorgasbord you need to get from your mm. that one person and that's so unrealistic yeah yeah well I think I am in a monogamous relationship mm. but there is I think crossover when you talk about healthy amounts of communication and not getting everything from one person mm. so for us like we've decided that monogamy works for us but part of why we feel that that works for us is that we don't get all of our like emotional needs from each other we have a strong family supports on either side we have different friends and I know that there are certain things that I will go to particular friends for rather than my partner mm. and I think yeah a lot of what you're saying also applies in in ethical non-monogamy mm -hmm. as well because yeah, you're right. I think it's very unrealistic to think that no matter your relationship agreement that mm. you're going to get everything from one person. Yeah. It's um, a lot of pressure for that one absolutely. person. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not yeah. an octopus. Like, yeah. yeah. I'm really excited to see this diagram though because what I'm imagining is literal like Lego blocks of like relationship elements and then you kind of choose to like build your own. It's like a little bingo card. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, three in a row. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I like that. That's great. I think a general one that maybe some people would like to know mm -hmm. 
How do you fall in love with two people? Mm, that's a really good question. And I feel I struggled with that question myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in a nine and a half year relationship uh, in my 20s. Um, well, my late teens to early 20s, to late 20s, actually. And um, I struggled with that because I was like, well, not that I loved anybody else, that I had strong feelings for other people, but I held both, you know, the love for my partner as well as these feelings mm. um, for somebody else. But they love is not a finite thing. Mm. We love our friends, we love our family, and yes, they're different types of love, but you loving your family versus you loving your partner doesn't detract from one another. I think that, you know, you have loved other people in the past, your exes, your mm. other partners, you know, in the past, and so it's not like you're minusing it from the previous relationship and then moving it like <laughs> to this yeah. new relationship you still potentially love them or you know whatever that may be um and so i think that like it's not a finite thing and so you can love multiple people and like i was mentioning in my relationship i felt a lot of shame about having those feelings for other people while mm. i was in a relationship because i was struggling i was like this does not mean that i love you any less it doesn't mean that I don't want to be with you, but this is something that is happening and I'm trying to communicate it with you. And, you know, the way that typical monogamous relationships are set up is that that's, that can't be. Mm. Like you can't, you can only love one person and be in that relationship with that person and that kind of thing. And like a lot of the culture is like, if you really loved them, then you never think about anybody <laughs> else. And I just yeah. think that's unfair. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. It's a really beautiful way that you put it that, you know, you can hold love in your heart for a lot of different types of relationships and other people. And I can see how that can apply to non-monogamy. And I heard a a thing and it kind of links in with the shame element as well. A girl that actually lost her partner. So Mm. he died and Mm. when she was in her 20s and she was saying how it took her a lot of work to get through the idea that she could eventually be in another relationship Mm. with someone and still hold love for her partner who was deceased, Mm. but also, you know, her heart could grow to love another person. And I think, yeah, that shame was something that took a long time for her to work through just simply because, yeah, she had been in a monogamous relationship and then they suddenly died and she was like, I don't want to be alone forever, but... Mm. part of her felt like she was still there was a a betrayal there Mm. as well so yeah it's all these like interesting elements from like what we learn and um what society puts on us Mm. (laughs) absolutely and do you think those feelings of shame came from the fact that you didn't have that communication about the possibility of seeing other people within that relationship i think i didn't have the the vocabulary Mm -hmm. i don't think that i was exposed to that kind of thinking because most of what I've seen in the media and in movies and, you know, peak romance Mm. um, has been, I don't want anybody else but you. And (laughs) this is strong declarations of love and of adoration and those sorts of things. And I never felt like I was jealous. And I know that for some people they want or have been told that they need somebody to be a little bit jealous so that they feel wanted and needed and that Mm. sort of thing. And that like, they are appreciated mm. um, for their place in your life and that sort of thing. And that was just never me. Yeah, I've just never felt that. And I felt bad. I felt like I had a lesser love. I knew that to not be true, but I felt like it was presenting like I loved them less or mm. that I appreciated them less, where now that I look back at it, it just doesn't say. 
say that for me. It was just that I didn't have the vocabulary, I didn't have the exposure to understand where I was coming from for that sort of thing. That exposure is very hard. Like you say, like the movies, we grow up with this societal construct that we just have one true love Mm. and that's it, Mm -hmm. you're done for. And I think it's very hard to break out of that mould and to then have those conversations with your friends and be like, well, actually, I want to be in a relationship for sure, but I also want to see other people mm. and like build relationships with yeah. other people. Mm. Yeah, Especially when a lot of the time that same kind of media reflection is like that if you want those things that you're a bad person. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that you're, you know, doing the wrong thing. Mm. I think you're kind of alluding to it already, but what, what was sort of like the point where you knew that these kinds of relationships w- were for you and that you wanted to go forward yeah. with them? There's, there's one time, and it's actually um, when I met my partner, I was at a housewarming for some mutual friends of ours, and we were having some big talk, mm-hmm. right? So, like, I enjoy big talk. I, I sometimes <laughs> enjoy little talk and small talk, but big talk is the kind of thing that you find somebody at a party and you just have big talk yeah. and, like, everything else. <laughs> Sort of like this I'm yeah. guessing that sounds like it's the same for you. I'm a big uh, fan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> big fan, big talk. Um, and we just got into this conversation, and we were talking about relationship dynamics and history of like different relationships. And I told them a little bit about my previous relationship and those kinds of feelings I had about shame and about you know liking somebody else, and then also as a show of like my commitment to. The relationship, I cut those people out of my life, mm. which is also kind of like something that on principle I didn't want to do, but I was willing to do at the time because it was just something that I wanted because it, the relationship and the person meant that much more. And I felt like I was, you know, stuck between a, a rock and a hard place. And that was the only way to show that mm. I was really serious and that I was really committed. But that's a side point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we were having big talk and I was telling my partner, who uses they, them pronouns, yeah. and we were talking about this and they were like, you know, you might be polyamorous. And I was like, well, what do you mean? And they were like, so poly meaning many <laughs> and sort of the things that I've I've been talking about here. And they sort of gave me the rundown and I'm just like, Wow okay, that makes a lot of sense. And they gave me some podcasts to listen to, some resources and those sorts of things. And like looking back, this was all for their own wants and needs. But yeah, very, very sneaky. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, they are very intelligent and very good like that. And so they um, told me a little bit about that. And I was like, wow, that makes a whole lot of sense. And I had never really thought about it in that way and I did some research I kept looking you know really looked into it and I was like wow this vibes with me uh this really feels like it's more who I am and that they're talking my language Mm. right and that it's like well you don't have to give it up you don't have to you know do those sorts of things because at the time they and I were talking about having a casual connection (laughs) and that that's typically the way that it comes around because you know you see people on the dating apps they're like oh just looking for casual at the moment casual Mm -hmm. casual casual but a lot of people look for those things because they're in the in-between and they're like I don't want to hurt anybody by going hey I want to be in a relationship but actually no Mm. I don't and you know going through that sort of thing and you end up having casual connections and depending on how long it is like you may 
get feelings for the person and those sorts of things. So, you know, it depends on, on what you're looking for. But So I was in that point at the time mm-hmm. and they were quite disappointed because they thought casual meant no feelings yeah. um, and only a physical connection mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And they were like... Oh, damn. Like, <laughs> I really like this person. Yeah. We get along and that sort of thing. So um, the more that we talked about it, the more that it was like, well, no, we can do relationship anarchy and mm-hmm. think about what we both want and, and go from there. And we did. So we've been together for about a year, though we don't have, like, specific dates or anything yeah. like that. I, I know what you mean about, like, a moment when you, like, read resources and stuff. I'm bisexual and mm-hmm. I think I had, that like, a similar kind of feeling when I got out of a long-term relationship with a man mm-hmm. and then I started reading things and friends started sending me stuff and I was like, oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a good feeling, I think, when you find something that clicks. Mm. Yeah. I, I have... One more question. Go for and it. And then we might move on to some myths. Sounds good. How have you found navigating telling other people that you're in a polyamorous mm. relationship? Like, it's, it's a really good Yeah, question. friends and family. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What kind of things do mm. they say or react? Yeah, the friends and family aspect is a tricky one because I'm not that close to, like, my extended family, mm-hmm. but I, I have told my mum. Mm-hmm. That was an interesting conversation, <laughs> um, which had a little bit of like I mean she was more comfortable with me telling her that I'm bisexual than I was than than polyamorous (laughs) (laughs) so it was just like okay because my mum's pretty empathetic Mm -hmm. and so she goes from a I'll put myself in those shoes and I'll see whether that aligns with my values I know about things and it ended up being sort of like her just reacting like I would never want that for your father and I so no (laughs) and this was in grilled like this was in (laughs) We were just having, like, dinner and grilled and, like, this was such an odd thing. But, like, um, it ended up I used some examples about other relationships that weren't hers and Mm -hmm. my dad's. Um, you know, people who are aromantic or asexual mm-hmm. or, you know, who have different wants and needs and, you know, people who are bisexual and want to explore their sexuality or, you know, whatever it is, yeah. there are a lot of reasons why you would want to open a relationship and why your partner would want to be supportive of that mm-hmm. or want that for themselves or, you know, whatever it is. And so using real examples of other people will help her to understand that a little bit better after you know initially balking at the idea of like oh, I wouldn't want that therefore that's not good for you can I like I, I know you said friends and family are telling like but like yeah. telling potential partners yeah that's a good one, one too yeah <laughs> I met somebody they um, saw me wearing this badass Metallica t-shirt at a cafe <laughs> they looked at me while I was walking past and they sort of mouthed something at me and I'm like sorry what do I do I know you and they're like oh I just love your t-shirt I'm like awesome (laughs) and I I went got a coffee came back and I was like I feel like I know you they seemed Mm. very familiar and that Mm. wasn't just like a pickup kind of thing but it was like (laughs) (laughs) honestly I thought I knew them from uni we ended up talking and those sorts of things we ended up going for coffee and what I've learned looking back on it is that like I would probably be more upfront about me being polyamorous Mm. and partnered so being polyamorous and not partnered 
maybe that's something that you can talk to a potential suitor about mm. when you know that it's actually sort of a bit more like you go to a second date or something like that. Yeah. But, but having a partner and being ethically upfront mm. about it is something that I would redo. I would have told them on the first date, you know, on the coffee, just would have brought that out. And, you know, if it didn't go to a second date because that's that, then I'm not wasting their time. Then yeah. I'm also not wasting, uh, my own time. wasting my own time. I mean, I enjoyed the coffee and I would have enjoyed the date. I did enjoy the date and they enjoyed the date as well. So I told them on the second date that I am polyamorous and I also have a partner and they had been through sort of a polyamorous kind of connection, polyamorous adjacent, um, <laughs> and it wasn't, the based on what they said, it wasn't ethical. So yeah. they got burnt by that kind of situation mm. and they were like really keen on me but... We had that great night. We ended up like kissing, <laughs> um, and um, and then we just sort of like things got in the way. They had like uni stuff, and they got sick for with COVID, etc. And then they sort of ghosted me, mm. and I'm like, okay, cool. Mm. And only recently did they message me going, "What? Hey, yeah." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm reacting like because I know this story. <laughs> <laughs> they they messaged me and they were like, "Hey, I could have you know handled that mm. better." Um, I just wasn't, uh, I just feel like I'm not, uh, I, I'm a little bit too insecure to be with somebody who has a partner. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's completely fair. I want to be your friend anyway. And that's sort of like that relationship anarchy aspect is yeah. that like yeah. if you take a relationship and take away a sexual component, take away a romantic mm. component, you're left with friendship yeah. ideally, you know. <laughs> and so in that way you've got relationship anarchy with your friends. Yeah. And whomever you choose to be in your life. What makes something ethical and what makes something non-ethical when it comes to polyamory? I think it's highly dependent on what your ethics are um, and what your... Um, your relationship or your connection or your partners, what you define as ethical. Mm. Some people have like a don't ask, don't tell, which for me, um, I don't really feel that comfortable. There's a term called the wibbles that sort (laughs) of like is a, is a polyamorous or an open relationship sort of thing where you have a bit of an insecure moment with Mm -hmm. what you're hearing or what, what's going on and you get the wibbles. So you're kind (laughs) of like a little bit unsure and that's, it's a good way of just talking to your partner or partners about your insecurities and how you want to work through mm. them and what kind of reassurance you'd want and those sorts of things. Um, so I guess like ethical is just being as upfront with all the information. If you're opening an existing relationship, then potentially you're talking about, hey, I'm going, I may have a date or, you know, we're going to have an escalation mm. in an existing connection. Like we're going from friends to friends plus or friends into a romantic relationship or something like that. You talk about those different things, but you really agree with your partner. Yeah. Know about what do you want to know upfront, or mm. um, if you are having a hard time, then when do you want to know these potentially yep. relationship changing things and work it out? Yeah, like I said, it's like communication on steroids. A lot of those things are, at least in my belief, uh, mm. things that all relationships, like yes. friendships and romantic relationships, should yeah. have, like, you know, lay out what your contract of a relationship mm-hmm. is and be like, yeah, for example, in my relationship, I would expect my partner to be tell me things like I've lost my job or Mm -hmm. I'm Mm. like really sick or I'm going through this this thing with my family things like that and I feel like yeah a lot of those healthy communication things seem very applicable as well I agree yeah yeah 
what you've said about communication being on steroids, I think it should be like that in all relationships, <laughs> yeah. honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But you sort of get there in an implicit way over time. Mm. So yeah. you build up the way that you agree. Yeah. Whereas, you know, from my experience with my partner, it's been like upfront, let's do our boundaries and agreements so that we know up front mm. we even have like a, a, a word document that like we have that. those sorts of things <laughs> if like boundaries and agreements so boundaries are like your hard limits mm. um and it's not it's not that you can't do this or you shouldn't do this that mm. kind of thing it's if you do this then i won't do that yeah and so it you keep your autonomy about yourself mm-hmm. and so you know you can choose to do that but it means that we won't get to have, you know, a physical connection until, you know, X, Y, Z. So it's more about your autonomy and you operate the way that you want to without being, we're shackling you to these types of things. Yeah. Do you have an example? Because I'm a curious bean. <laughs> Do you have like an example yeah. that you're comfortable sharing with us? The one that comes to mind is unprotected play with somebody mm-hmm. else. You know, my partner is very health conscious and, you know, I'm conscious of them being health conscious mm-hmm. as well. And so we have agreements um, around if we're going to be sleeping or playing with somebody new, then we don't do unprotected oral and that obviously we use protection and those sorts of things and that we, you know, we have some extra ones around, you know, have they been sick in the last yeah. X amount of time? So, you know, those those types of things. It's just like questions and sort of getting to know them and having like that trust and agreement kind of thing. And I'm guessing non-ethical would just be similar to what people think of as like cheating. Yeah, yeah in absolutely. monogamous relationships. Yeah. yeah. What tends to happen in non-ethical non-monogamy is that you bring in STIs. Mm. Like STIs are more rampant in monogamous relationships yeah. because of the non-ethical yeah. nature of it. Mm. You don't talk about, hey, the protection broke or like yeah. that, you know, this particular thing happened. And you don't end up having those, um, yeah. in quotation marks, uncomfortable conversations mm. because there's an uncomfortable <laughs> thing that you've gone yeah. over, you know, the cheating boundaries of your, or the implicit cheating boundaries of your relationship. Mm. And so that tends to happen more often in monogamous relationships where somebody will cheat because they're being non-ethical. Ethically yeah. non monogamous. Yeah. We might go through some of the myths and assumptions that we had some of our listeners send in. People in open relationships do not get jealous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that's a myth. I think everyone gets jealous in some sort of way, and you just need to work through that with them being open with your partner about, hey, um, you know, I'm working through this. Uh, I want to hear this or I don't want to hear this mm. or I want to hear this at a particular time, um, maybe at our radar, then we could talk about that. And I'd like to talk about radar yeah. if we have some time afterwards yeah. as well. Cool. This next person wrote in, you're not in love with the one person, therefore you remain in that relationship until someone better comes along. Ah, like monkey swinging. <laughs> 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 like you, you wait until you see the next branch and then yeah, you just sort of swing, swing to the next one. Yeah. For me, that's a little bit unethical mm. in that like you are uh, wasting that person's time if you don't tell them and you're like, oh, yeah, I've been feeling this for about a month now. Mm. And they're like, well, I'm just hearing it now. And mm. it's like, they're like, no, I've felt this for a month. So therefore it's not coming out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> It can't be a long-term thing. At some point, there'll be a mismatch in the expectations or wants and needs of one person. I think this is having the expectation that that 
person's going to be everything for you. And it depends on what you mean by long term. I mean, you can escalate relationships, you can de-escalate relationships into friendship. There are a lot of, you know, books and things like The Ethical Slut, which I really <laughs> recommend. Um, and it talks about if it comes to things like kids or it comes to things like living mm. together and those sorts of things. But yeah, so in terms of it being a long-term thing, it is whatever you choose it to be and how you work it out. I even saw something the other day, um, like a BBC article about how in Japan there's like a rise of married couples that are living apart during the week mm. and then they come together on the weekend and sort of similar to what you were saying where there's a lot of people choosing to prioritise having their own space and autonomy during the week and they found that living with their uh, husband or wife full-time was not allowing that so they're choosing mm -hmm. to live separately and then hang out on the weekends. It would be difficult to make a shift back to a monogamous relationship if that was wanted by a partner. Yeah, um, I have heard that from other people. Uh, and you've got to sort of ask yourself, is you know polyamory who you are mm. or is it something you're doing? Because mm. um, I know I've talked to some friends and they're like, I did the polyamory thing for a while, um, mm. which I see it as who I am. And, you know, some people consider it an orientation. Some people consider it, you know, just something you do or choose to do and those sorts of things. So you've got to really ask yourself, is it me and them, you know, them being really wanting a monogamous thing? And why do they want it to be monogamous? Like why, what is it about monogamy that you're getting mm. out of that closing of a relationship? Mm -hmm. Are you, you know, locking them down so that you have more control over what you can expect or, or like be less insecure because you, you've got this sort of like verbal agreement that we've got, mm. you know, we're in a monogamous relationship and therefore we're secure, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Which can Whereas, be such a myth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. I feel like absolutely. I felt so insecure in monogamous relationships before. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so the, the interesting thing about polyamory is that when you're with your partners, they choose you every day because they can choose mm. whomever they want, That's you know? Nice. I don't know if you've ever watched the show Good Trouble, but there's a polyamorous character mm -hmm. in that show. She has a really good storyline that explores her feeling like polyamory is her, her identity mm -hmm. and going through different partners and some of them are really supportive of that being an identity and some mm. really view it as like, oh, that's phase. something you're mm. doing right now to please a particular partner yeah. or like it's a particular idea that you want to try out. I met someone a while ago now and they were married but they were very much we are staying in this relationship until it doesn't work for us anymore. So we are choosing each other mm. every day. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And if one day we choose not to choose each other any day, that mm. is a conversation we're going to have. That's good. But it's very much we choose each other today, tomorrow we might not mm. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. It, it's there is a concept called radical monogamy. Um, which is, I believe, around that sort of thing. You are choosing monogamy just because it suits you and that's, it works for you. Uh, I don't know that much about radical monogamy. I talked to somebody at a party about it. <laughs> another big <laughs> and, uh, talk. I love it. <laughs> another big talk. It literally was. <laughs> I'm going to look that up later. That sounds yeah. cool. People in open relationships are seeking external validation. It really comes down to who you are and what you're looking for <laughs> and what your insecurities are. Mm. Do you feel like you seek external validation sometimes, if ever? Yeah, I think so. I think... Am I attractive to other people? Mm. Am I somebody that people want? 
<laughs> I guess it comes back to like, have I conned my partner into thinking that I'm charming and lovely <laughs> and like a good person? Yeah. And do other am I am I peer reviewing it by finding out from other people? <laughs> but you That's know really whether. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. Something to ponder on. Mm, Definitely, yeah. I might think about that for myself. Yeah. I, I mean, I hear that assumption and I think, don't we all? I mean, <laughs> like, that's the thing. Yeah. I, like, isn't that why we all have social media or, mm. like, you know, take a cute selfie and send yeah. it to someone? Like, yeah. there are just lots of things where uh, I know, like, particularly for me, it's something that whether it's, like, you know, telling my parents I did a good thing so that mm. they can be like, oh, good job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, you know, yeah, I think it's interesting that people associate it with open relationships mm. great i believe you said you want to come back to radar can, yeah. can yeah. you explain what yeah. that is yeah um so there's a podcast called the multi-amory podcast mm-hmm. and i highly recommend it for those who want to know more cool. about you know polyamory yeah. and open relationships and those sorts of things and they talk about this thing called radar and i've forgotten you know what it stands for mm-hmm. uh, it's an acronym you set aside time with your partner and you make sure that they're or partners but individually mm-hmm. and you um no 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 conference um and that's funny and you um you have a list of things that you want to talk about and you want to go through and you make sure that you don't have um, any distractions like that you're not uh, and that they, they say the three H's or something hungry horny and <laughs> like you make sure that like those those yep. things that are you know distractors are not sort of distracting yeah. and you set aside time to go over retrospectively about different things and it's a good time to bring up and you're both emotionally in the right spell mm. because sometimes like implicitly in relationships you sort of either you just sort of non-consensually go I want to talk about this <laughs> because it's on my mind and that kind of thing and the other person's like oh okay <laughs> I was yeah. just watching my shows I'm a bit <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly yeah. yeah exactly and so this is a good time to come together and retrospectively look at your relationship and the things that are going well and you celebrate your wins and you talk about the things that are hard or that you'd like to improve or you you might need to change your boundaries and agreements Mm -hmm. based on changing things. You can talk about escalations or de-escalations or, you know, this is like a safe space to go over all of it and you do that once a month or something Mm -hmm. depending on what your agreements are. Any type of relationship Mm -hmm. can go on it, even friends, even family members to set aside time and they give you like a, a sort of a script to like work out what you want to talk about what's important to you that sort of thing and then you go through it so Mm. yeah really interesting i love that so much that's really good me too i think this has been such a wonderful chat and a lot of things you said i think are hopefully really applicable to all kinds Mm -hmm. of relationships and i hope that a lot of our audience learnt a bit more and has a lot to think about I, I i know i certainly have learned a lot and you've also given wonderful recommendations just like sprinkled throughout your your conversation so that i'm gonna, too, gonna look like. up <laughs> but yeah so thank you so much we always like to finish with a bit of a recommendation mm. so apart from all the amazing resources that you <laughs> casually yeah. dropped throughout the episode. Mm. Do you have a recommendation for us and for our audience? 
Yeah, um, I sort of mentioned it earlier, but like the Salsa Foundation, mm-hmm. um, to do salsa or bachata. Yeah, uh, look it up. It's always free for like the basic level one. It's an hour. It runs basically nearly every day. Um, and it is brilliant to meet new people, mm-hmm. if you to learn to dance like I want to do. Uh, I just wanted to feel more comfortable in my body and to be able to dance and not just do the boyfriend dance all the time. <laughs> the person who runs it or runs that session is so charming and so charismatic and they have like a routine for the whole session that they go through and then they dance uh, what is it where you make it up on the spot <laughs> oh, like a freestyle yeah freestyle yeah. kind of thing and like they, they do a dance at the end so you can see what really high level dancing is like and you're just like wow very inspirational so I'd, I'd definitely recommend that my recommendation is an episode of Florence Gibbons podcast called Exactly and the episode is called Integrity, Purpose and Finding Peace with Martha Beck. And I had a listen recently and it just talked about a lot about finding your way back to your true self and a bit about spirituality. And it was just like a really good chat about being vulnerable and finding yourself in your 20s and stuff. Yeah. And I would recommend. She's got, her podcast is, is pretty good too. It's yeah. got a few good episodes lots of interesting guests and wide variety of topics so yeah that's my recommendation you always have such worldly recommendations and then we get to me and it's like sunrise alarm clock (laughs) hey i googled that i'm gonna order one of those things that's gonna change my life lena (laughs) but my recommendation this week is along the similar veins as tom and it's to join some sort of club or community because i found that it's been really good for my soul to meet new people And it's made me really happy, like my run club. I love my run club so much. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you again, Tom. And yeah, Jack in your ears soon. Jack in your ears soon. Have a lovely day. Bye. Bye. (laughs) This podcast was recorded at the Victorian State Library on Rwandri land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land.